0: Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, earlier we asked a question whether or not you spent more time at the movie theater or, or at the library uh, in 2019. I, it's a silly question, but I am interested in, you got to settle a bet for me if I'm honest, Five seven five zero zero is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. If you could send me, uh, just give me a number. Uh, how many times did you go to the movie theater versus how many times did you go to the library. Anyway, uh, we, during this segment, are going to have a a conversation I've been looking forward to for 30 days. It was on episode 10 of this program, right when we were a a young, a a young we program. Now we are an adult, mature, 33-episode-old program. On episode 10, we were joined uh, by Bureau of Land Management firefighter uh, Jason Porter. He had been called up to leave his family for 30 days, hop on a plane, and fly off to Australia. As they uh, there in Australia have been battling these bushfires, Uh, it it is indescribable uh, how devastating the damage is uh, as a result of these fires out there in Australia. And it was a Utah who was equipped to go lend a hand and help out, and he did so, uh, leaving his family behind uh, for 30 days. A great sacrifice and a great service to the folks down there. Well, 30 days have elapsed. Jason Porter is back in town, and he makes good on his promise of joining us here and giving us a report of how things went down there in Australia. Uh, Jason, sir, grateful to you for joining us. Welcome home.
1: Hey, thanks, Lee. It's, uh, it's good to talk with you again.
0: Tell me, what, uh, what'd you do? Uh, what you you been up to for the last 30 days?
1: It's It's uh, been quite the adventure, uh, needless to say. <laughs> we uh We actually started our uh, assignment, uh, as I told you, when we were leaving. We were heading to Queensland, and uh, while we were on the flight over, the fires in the uh, state of Victoria in far southeastern Australia made uh, an amazing run. I mean, it's hard to even explain how the fires uh, down there ran on what would have been their New Year's Eve. So as soon as we touched down in Queensland, we actually Spent a few hours there, just getting uh, acclimated from the flight, and we jumped on another flight to uh, Melbourne, uh, where we spent uh, the next day going through our training and then jumping right into firefighting activities. So, um, we saw a lot of a lot more of the continent than I expected to. I'll say that.
0: Once you were on the ground, what type of activities, uh, firefighting activities, were you engaged in?
1: Uh, a little bit of everything, um, just as the weather changed. Uh, initially, when we got there, we were gearing up for kind of the worst-case scenario. Uh, we were al- originally staffing what we would consider a heavy fire engine here in the state, so a large fire engine, which they refu- refer to as a tanker down there. Uh, and we were completely expecting to uh, fight the fire on ground as it came to us, You know, looking for lighter fuels like grass types and open pastures. And they actually got just a little bit of rain about that time we got there, which moderates the fire behavior and allows us to go more direct on the fire. So we changed our tactics, uh, took more of that direct approach for a couple days until conditions started to worsen again, where we had to back off and do more of point protection of communities and homes. And uh, as time went on, we, we just kept getting these waves of moisture and heat, moisture and heat, so whenever we got the the opportunity we were again going direct on those fire lines and securing every bit we could, and as it worsened, we would just have to back off and get into more of a defensive posture.
0: Help me help me understand this. You see some of these reports and videos of animals being pushed from their habitat, uh, fleeing the fire. You see these uh, these right. heartbreaking stories and pictures of uh, like the koala bears all burnt up. Did you see Did you see any any wildlife as you were there?
1: So. As far as the pictures and, and stories you hear of, um, you know, kind of the devastation with wildlife, uh, we really didn't see any of that. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's going on in some areas. Uh, obviously, they're capturing, capturing on uh, film. Um, but, you know, over the course of my career, it was no different down there. You find that a lot of the animals are pretty resilient. Um, you know, the fire doesn't always burn in a complete swath of destruction there's there's pockets we we kind of call them islands when there's this green pocket left that doesn't burn and and they're amazing at finding their ways to these little safe havens where they can ride out the storm you know and uh, so we we didn't really see that side of it however on you know just the the good side we saw kangaroos daily i mean tons and tons of kangaroos Um, a couple of people in our group saw koalas i i didn't happen to uh, i guess in the part of the country we were in there's not a lot of them uh livestock lots of livestock in the area that fared well through through the events so you know overall with everything you see and hear out there on the news i would say we saw a lot more stories of positive than negative uh, in regards to the animals surviving homes surviving properties communities making it through and we did the negative i mean that it was amazing to see what was able to make it through the fire.
0: That had been my uh, assumption. You know the, the the adorable little pandas and koalas, or whatever. Oh, they don't have pandas down there. Where are the pandas? I don't know. Uh, koalas <laughs> down there. Uh, you, you see all of those. And and my assumption was that that can't be rampant. That can't be what's happening everywhere. Uh, let me ask you right. this: w- Did you did you learn some new tactics? Did you did you pick up anything from your Australian uh, uh, brothers and sisters fighting the fires down there? You bring back here uh, to Utah
1: uh you know one of the big differences down there uh you know of course the scale of the fires is immense i think uh on our way out they were telling us a third of the state of victoria has burned um and overall australia as a whole is up to about 24 million acres right now so when you fathom that much fire on the landscape um and they don't have firefighting agencies and resources build up quite to the extent that we do here it it makes you really rethink your tactics you you can't just go direct on the entire fire line you have to really pick and choose where you have those those good opportunities to get in safely and do meaningful work and so that's something i i really picked up and you know we're we're getting worse seasons worse fires here in the states and i think that's very applicable here as well as you know there's going to be fires we're going to have where we just don't have enough resources and we have to be smart about where we deploy our people to keep them safe to get the most reward for the risk that we're putting people into, you know, and, and getting the, the most efficient product product after that, out of that work that we do. So their, their ability to improvise, to come together with multiple agencies and make things work, it's nothing short of impressive, and, and I hope that's a model of how we do business here as well.
0: When you and I spoke 30 days ago, Uh, We talked about your family. I uh, pointed out that the sacrifice uh, being made here is not just being made by you, uh, but you've got yourself a family uh, here in Utah, and they were without you for 30 days. Were you able to maintain contact with them throughout?
1: Uh, Way more than I imagined. Um, Some of the smallest towns that we would find ourselves in, um, you know, a couple of hours from any major community, it amazed me the place they had a, a cell phone reception. Um, it's, I mean, I, I would say better than places here in Utah. You know, some of the smaller, more remote towns that we find ourselves in sometimes. Uh, yeah. and, and that was a huge relief, um, of being able to check up on them and and you know the other way around to let them know when they're hearing things on the news. You, you know that uh, we we actually lost a firefighter on our fire down there to a, a hazardous tree, an, an Australian firefighter. And then we had the tanker go down a few days ago, which was just over the mountain from us. So when they're hearing that stuff, yeah. it's—I think it's vital. It's really important that they have communication, you know, with all of all of us, that we, our our firefighters and our families are talking just to ease those tensions and worries. And and both ways, we know, hey, we're okay. Uh, life is good. Uh, being safe, you know, it, it's super important.
0: Tell us about the reunion. That's right yeah
1: that was uh they they were uh pretty quick getting out of the car when they picked me up at the airport and uh <laughs> um, the kids haven't let me out of their sight much for the last couple of days so it's it's been uh, real good catching up with them and uh hearing all that they've had going on as i've been gone and um yeah we're we're just making plans now where we can uh, get some good quality time, some family vacation time in coming up soon and things like that as well.
0: Well, I won't take another moment uh, of your time away from them. I'm grateful to you. Jason Porter, firefighter with the Bureau of Land Management, just spent the last 30 days in Australia helping out the folks down there as they battle the bushfires. Sir, uh, I predict you won't say this yourself, so I'll say it on your behalf. You're a hero and you're doing great things and you're a good example to that family of yours. Thank you.
1: Uh, we we always appreciate the support. It, it means a lot. Thank you very much.
0: Consider yourself supported. Thanks a lot. Uh, listen, we have a, a, a few segments left here in today's program. Fascinating topic. It's going to require a little bit of education, but we're going to get through it, and we're going to see uh, two men work up in uh, government here for the state of Utah uh, on absolute opposite sides of this issue, and it has to do with how judges uh, take office. Uh, be they appointed or elected. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox says we ought to stay the course on which we are currently. Uh, Senator Dan McKay has a piece of legislation to introduce uh, that would bring about just the opposite circumstance. That's all coming up ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.